So today's daf is Mem Dalit in Masachet Eruvin. We're going to start on Mem Gimel Amud Bet. This is 18 lines from the bottom of the Amud. Where it says, it's talking about this uh, situation where these Tanaim were riding on a uh, boat. And they arrived uh, when it was already Shabbat. And the question was whether uh, when Shabbat began, they were within the Techum or not. And Rabban Gamliel said that he could see from his, uh, you know, he could cite from where they were that they were within the Techum. So it says, Tanat Rabban Gamliel. He had like a kind of a telescope, it sounds like, or something, you know. Uh, he could see 2,000 amot on, on land, and he could see 2,000 amot to the, into the ocean. So in other words, he had a, this thing that enabled him to see a far distance. Um, and similarly, it says, If you want to know how deep a valley is, you can, you can also use a... Um, this kind of an instrument to determine the depth of a valley where your where otherwise your vision wouldn't be uh, clear enough to be able to uh, to be able to assess it. This is a little bit of a different methodology. If you want to know the height of a tree, so this is a mathematical method actually. So what you do is you measure your own height and your own um, uh, and your own shadow, and then and then you can measure also the uh, the. Uh, uh, the shadow of the tree, and basically, shil so basically what you're doing is you're creating a ratio, yeah, you, you, the, the ratio of your height to your shadow, you assume is the same as the ratio of the shadow of the tree to the height of the tree, it's actually a pretty smart way to do it, uh, and then you can calculate the height of the tree, if you don't want wild animals to kind of camp out around a kever, the reason why they didn't want that because they were worried that these wild animals would smell the corpse that had been buried and would dig it up. So what they did was, no, it's kane, uh, you should stick a uh, st- uh, stick into the ground. In late morning, like around the 10 o'clock, uh, in the morning where, it's, where the sun starts to, where it starts to get hot, you get a sense of what direction the, uh, the shade falls. So, and then, you, uh, and then you smooth out the mound. In other words, the concern is that the animal will seek shade next to the mound of dirt that's next to this kever. Um, and you don't want to do that. So if you can tell what direction he would be seeking shade in, because you could see where the sun falls at that time, so you can shape the mound of dirt so that it doesn't cast shade in that direction, and it will not be a benefit to the animal, so it won't camp out there, and it won't end up discovering the grave. One time, he got very involved in his learning, and by accident he went out of the tchum, he was like, Lost in thought, I guess, and he walked out of the tchum. What? It doesn't matter. He's outside the tchum. So what does he do now? So he said, "Your your your student Nehemiah is in trouble because he's stuck outside tchum. He wouldn't move four amot because when you leave the tchum, you're, you're restricted to four amot. So now what's supposed to do? So uh, so he said, "Amarlo aselo mechitzashel bnei adam." So that's really what the sugya is going to be about. You know, make a mechitzav people. Once you're in an enclosed area, so now you're allowed to walk back into the tchum from which you came. In other words, even if you exited your tchum, but you find yourself in another uh, enclosed area, you're allowed to walk within that enclosed area. That's the halacha that we learned before, according to Rabban Gamliel, you're allowed to walk around in that enclosed area, even though you were taken outside the tchum. If you're taken outside the tchum by somebody who like brings you outside the tchum, or as long as you didn't do a b'mezid, here it's like honest, because he wasn't aware of what was going on, so he came outside the tchum. So if, if it were an enclosed area, he would be able to walk back 
as far as, as is enclosed and back into the tchum, and then he would be okay. So he said, make a machitza shel bnei adam, make a human wall, and that way he'll be able to enter and he'll be able to, uh, and he'll be able to go back, right? V'kanez. So it says, Yativ Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak, achoy Rava. Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak was sitting behind the Rava. Yativ Rav Kamei Rav Nachman, and Rava was sitting in front of Rav Nachman. Amalei Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak to Rava. So these two students are like talking in the back of the class, you know? They're talking to each other. Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak and Rava are in the shiur, and, uh, and of Rav Nachman himself, and, um, and they're having a discussion because Rav Nachman was the one who said to make the human wall to allow him to come back. So what was really the issue of Rav Chizda? Why did he come to, uh, uh, to, uh, to Rav Nachman for this question? Because So is the was the issue like this? There were plenty of people to make an enclosure here. And therefore, they could have made an enclosure all the way from where the student was standing, all the way back into the tchum. So the, and the only question was, does the halacha follow Rabban Gamliel, that you're, if you're in an enclosed place, if you exited the tchum, but you're in an enclosed place, you're allowed to walk back. You're allowed to walk as far as it's enclosed. Right? If, if that's what the issue was, so that shouldn't, or, or, dilma, or maybe it was, we're talking about a case where there were not sufficient people to make a human wall. Because Rabbi Eliezer is of the opinion that, um, that, if, that you can, if you go two amot outside the tchum, you can walk back in. Right? He says that, Right? So, there's, so he has a lenient, so in other words, maybe there were only enough people to make a mechitza around him, but there were still two amot left that were not included in that enclosure that they would create. Can he walk back into the tchum from there? So was that the question? Or were there sufficient people? The question is, what's the situation that was in front of them? Right? So, it must be that we're talking about a case where there were not enough people to make a complete enclosure. Because if there were another, enough people. So, what's the question? Because we already learned that a corral or a, you know, an enclosed area of any sort, deer and sara, usually used for animals, or if a person's on a boat, enclosed by the walls of the boat, uh, he, he can move around inside that space, even if he left the tchum. He can move around inside that space. So that wouldn't have been a question. So we must be talking about where this enclosure that they made didn't reach all the way back to the tchum. In other words, this student wants to get back into his original tchum, right? So a person who leaves their original tchum and is now in an enclosed area, Rabban Gamliel says, as long as it wasn't on purpose. Rabban Gamliel says they can move around as much in that enclosed area as they want. But, so obviously this enclosed area didn't reach all the way back to the original Tchum because he couldn't walk back into the original Tchum. So the question was, okay, the Rabbi Eliezer come by The question was, do we hold like Rabbi Eliezer? Can, since they could only enclose the area, leaving two amot of space still open, uh, you know, before the, uh, the, the destination, was that enough? Dikanami, it's similar, it seems to be supported by the fact that because he said, let him go in. It sounds like it means make a machitza up to a certain point and then he can go in. Meaning it doesn't go all the way up to the tchum, but it leaves a little bit of space and he can go in the other two amot and he's telling you we hold like Rabbi Eliezer that even though there's a space of two amot there and he's still outside the tchum, he can walk in. Now Rabbi Nachman Bar Yitzchak and Rav are having this discussion in the back of the class, right? So Rabbi Nachman Bar Yitzchak says to Rav Nafal Dufna lo yamid ba'adam be'ima v'kilim v'lo yuzkof et ha'mital l'fros al-e'asadim v'shei no sinu al-ha'ayla v'tchila b'yom tov v'en tzorach lomba b'shabbat when it talks about a sukkah, if the wall of the sukkah falls down, right? So on Shabbat or Yom Tov, right? You can't use a person or behemah or kelim, 
right? And you can't take your bed and make it the final wall of the sukkah because you can't make oil arayat You cannot make it even a temporary makeshift wall structure on Yom Tov and definitely not on Shabbat. He said to him, well, you're bringing me that source. That's a very nice source. The only thing is, there's a contradictory source. I'll tell you another one. It says that a person could say to his friend, hey, stand here a second. I, uh, I just need to take a nap here. You know? to make, right, to make, it, to make a wall. The person could be a wall, right? So that he can eat and drink and sleep. And it even says you could put your bed up and drape uh, sheets over it in order to make a wall. So that you don't have... Um, hot, the, you know, the heat of the sun um, uh, beating down on a, a dead body, right? Or, or on food to spoil it, right? So you're allowed to make a temporary uh, uh, structure according to this. So it seems like there's a uh, true that each of them have a, a source. But now you have another problem, which is how can the sources contradict each other? So Kashana had the date. Rav Nachman source does not fit with Rav's source. So, it's a machloka between Rabbi Eliezer and the rabbis that we saw before this at the end of Masachat Shabbat. It's not Pakakachalon. Right, Pakaka Chalon is that they would have a, um, a piece that in, was inserted into the, uh, into the opening in the wall and it was usually hanging by a rope or something attached to the wall. We learned about it at the end of Masechet Shabbat. Rebbe Eliezer says, Rebbe Eliezer says if it's attached and it's hanging so it's not resting on the ground, it's clearly not a separate piece that you're, you know, that, that you're adding to the wall. It's part of the wall, so you're allowed to put it in. The rabbi said even if it isn't, um, attached and hanging, even if it's next to it, um, that still you could insert it on Shabbat because it's uh, it's designed to be taken in and put back in, right? Taken out and put back in. So, so that would be the machloket here that according to Rabbi Eliezer, you can you're you're not allowed to make even a uh, any kind of a structure. So unless it's already tied and hanging, you're not allowed to put it in. Chachamim say you could. So maybe that's it. This Baita that says that you could make a temporary structure is the rabbis. One that says you can't is Rabbi Eliezer. But the Gemara says, that won't work because we learned already. Everybody agrees that we don't make a temporary uh, structure on Yom Tov. And certainly not on Shabbat. Meaning you can't make something from, you know, totally from scratch. The question is, can you add? Rabbi Eliezer says you can't even add on Yom Tov. Definitely not Shabbat. The Chachamim say you can add on Shabbat and definitely on Yom Tov. In other words, the whole thing is that there you have a structure that already exists and you're just adding to it. Right? That's the question. Right? But over here you're talking about putting something up uh, that wasn't there before, so it, it, it would not necessarily be a, uh, it would, it's not an exact match because one of them says you could simply put the bed and, 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 and drape, uh, drape sheets over it to cover over a corpse. That's making something totally from scratch. Right? Rather, this really, it's, these two bright thoughts are reflecting Rabbi Meir versus Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Meir posel, Rabbi Yehuda machshir. This itself is a machloket actually in Masechet uh, Sukkah. Can you, uh, can you make a wall out of, a, out of an animal? So Rabbi Meir says it's not reliable because the animal will wander and he's not, you know, it's not fixed in place. So therefore, it is not a good wall, and Rabbi Yudah says it is. So Rabbi Meir, the Kapasil Hatam, since Rabbi Meir says that it's not a good wall, so Alma Lav Machitzahi, Achasharei, to Lav Midikavit. So then, therefore, over here, he's going to say it's no problem to have a person stand there or animal stand there because you're not doing anything, because it doesn't count. Rabbi Yudah, the Kapasil Hatam, Alma Machitzahi, Achasar. 
And, the, and therefore, Rabbi Yehuda, it's like counterintuitive. In other words, Rabbi Yehuda that says it is a good wall will say that you, can, that, that you uh, cannot construct it on Yom Tov out of a person or out of an animal. And Rabbi Meir that says it isn't a good wall says, no problem, have the guy stand there. What, it doesn't work anyway. It's just for your comfort. Maybe he's blocking the wind from coming in or something like that. But it doesn't really work. So therefore, it's not going to be a problem. And that must be the machloket here. But now it says like this. Not really, but this, bro, it doesn't make sense. First of all, Rebbe Meir is only talking about an animal, but the Breitta talks about also having a person or, uh, or vessels to block the way, and that, he doesn't say, is, a, is not a valid wall. And then you have another problem, which is Rebbe Meir is not agreeing with anybody, because if he holds like Rebbe Eliezer, then you can't even add to a temporary structure. So you're going to have to say holds like the rabbis. Right? So the rabbis say that you can add, but how can you make something totally from scratch? In other words, it doesn't fit with either, um, with either uh, side. Rashi says, Right? Because because there's no uh, the the rabbis did not allow um, there's no mitzvah over there the rabbis only allowed you to add right so that so how can he allow you here to bring something in that's going to create a totally new wall um, in this uh, in the structure so therefore right but apparently apparently. Even there, the rabbis would not, uh, wouldn't let you. So the thing is like this. So, uh, There's no problem with the kilim and the kilim because the, the point is that the real issue is there's two kinds of creation of a wall. One kind of creation of a wall. Rashi says, what would be considered making something to begin with would be if you had only two walls and you put the third wall. Because now you change the status of it to be a real oil, a real, a real sukkah. But if you're adding a fourth one, it doesn't matter because it's tosefet be'alma. And definitely to add on is okay according to the rabbis. And that's the solution between the two braitot. That one braitot is talking about where it's the third wall. And therefore in the third wall you're really creating something and you're not allowed to do that. And the other one's talking about the fourth wall which is extra. Dikanami you see in a support because the katani nafal dufna. Because it says if its wall fell, meaning a wall that's essential to the identity of the sukkah, that's where you have a problem. Shimami. Now you can conclude from that that it's talking about the third wall. But we still have the problem. So as she says, We understand the answer regarding a bed. Right, so we understand that, um, that, uh, that when it comes to the bed, it says you can put up the bed. That's talking about the fourth wall, right? So it says uh, also uh, for, uh, to prevent sun from going on a corpse or, or, or on food, which means it's not creating a sukkah. It's not creating a real structure. So she says, but, it, but from the fact that in the bright that says the person will stand there so you can eat and drink and sleep in the sukkah implies that it is something that is making the sukkah kasher. 
So if that if it's making sukkah kasher, so then how could the you know what, does the are you allowed to have the person stand there and do it or not? You can't say that it's a fourth wall. It's saying that it's in order to enable you to do the mitzvah. So it must be the third wall, right? So it says adam adam nami kandidat kan midat. That's actually the halacha. You can do it if they don't realize that they're making a wall. Like in other words, you say, guys, just make a circle. We're going to stand in a circle here, and really you're making them make a machitza, but they don't know. We say, oh, just stand there for one second. I'll be right with you. Just, and you want to eat your food in your sukkah. And they say, okay, uh, come in. Yeah. So that, that you're allowed to, because they don't know. But if it's midat, you're not allowed to. Right? But what about the case where Rabbi Nechemia was walked out of the tchum and they made a wall of people to allow him to walk back in? How are you allowed to do that? It says, no. They, they didn't know. But what about Rav Chizda? Rav Chizda was the guy who brought the people to make the human wall to let him in. True, but Rav Chizda Shalom and Amin Yanava. He wasn't one of the people in the wall. In other words, he had other people do it and he didn't tell them why. He said, you guys line up here, you guys line up here, you guys line up here. All of a sudden you have a wall. They don't know. They say, what are we waiting for? Maybe they're going to be handing out some uh, uh, prize, some, uh, we don't know. So they're standing there and meanwhile uh, this uh, student is able to walk back in. But if they had known, it would be bad. There was a like a wedding party, they were having a Shabbat Chatan, something like that, and they brought water using a Mechitzav Bnei Adam, so they used, uh, you know, they created a wall of people to carry the water from Rishut Rabim to Rishut HaYachid, uh, by sealing, you know, creating a makeshift Rishut HaYachid, Nagdinu Shmuel, Shmuel whipped them for Chilul Shabbat, Amar Im Amru Shalomidat, Yomuladat, just be, you know, when they said that it was okay to have a human mechitzah, that's only when it is shalomidat, uh, when they don't know what they're doing. But if it's uh, if it's with awareness, then they're not allowed to. Hanu zikei dahavas shadyan beristekad imchosa. Because the next time they'll do, yeah, 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 yeah. Either either it's saying they never said that was allowed, or it's saying they'll say it's okay, right in the future, right? So. Uh, so in any case, there was a, there were there were some uh, nodot like uh, wine skins or whatever uh, um, containers, liquid containers that were uh, they they were littering. You know, they left them in the street there, and uh, um, so they uh, right. So they were throwing it in the streets, and bahadei da um, when uh, there was a group of people who were coming and they were coming with Ravah from the Shi'ur, so they, he wanted to clean up the street, I guess. I don't know. So what did he do? He obviously made a machitav b'nei adam in order to transport these jugs out of the way, maybe because it didn't look nice. I don't know. Right? So, <clears throat> so it says, so alinu ni'alei, so they, they were able to take them away. But l'shabtachriti, the next Shabbat, or on another Shabbat, they wanted to do the same thing, and he told them, you're not allowed to do that, because now it's already uh, like Lidat. I think the idea is that he, this Shamash of his, this, uh, you know, the servant of his, organized a group of people and had them stand around, not realizing what they were, what, what the reason was, and they created a machitza, they created a wall of B'nai Adam, and by that he was able to clean the litter off the streets or whatever, and, uh, and, but, but Ravah was saying, once you start doing this regularly, it becomes like Lidat. It becomes like something people know what it is. And even though they wink and say they don't really know, they really do know. And so therefore it wouldn't be good. They use this method of Mechitzav Bnei Adam to uh, transport straws. Aspasta, that's uh, for Ze'iri, they brought the Aspasta. These are foods that are used for animals usually. And Rav Shimi Barchiyah Maya. 
And for Shemi Barchiyat, it was to bring water. So the interesting thing is, it doesn't sound like doing a, it sounds from here. And, it, and that's really what the halacha would seem to be, that if a person does this one time, in other words, they employ this strategy of having people stand in a certain formation to create a machitza so they can transport something from Meshud HaRabim to Meshud HaRachim, as long as those people don't know what they're doing, it'll be okay. The only problem is, if you do it on a regular basis, so then it would be, so from the fact that they give these examples of these rabbis who did it, it seems like I would assume it means they did it once in a while or once, but it can't be all the time because you see that Rav is saying, right, or a different group, because Rav is saying that once you start doing it regularly, it becomes a kind of a uh, midat. Everyone knows that this is what they're doing in order to get around the, uh, get around the rules. And so there wouldn't, wouldn't be allowed. But that's the, um, but there, that is the halacha. The halacha is that you can have a mechitzah shal b'nei adam, even on Shabbat and Yom Tov, you can make a mechitzah b'nei adam. But it has to be that the people who are participating in the mechitzah b'nei adam are not aware that they are being used uh, for the mechitzah b'nei adam. So you have to be very, very um, creative in how you get them to stand. Tell them you're handing out some very special prize and you have them stand. That doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. 